You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. We can okay. leave it all in if you want, unless something terrible happens. Uh, I know. And at this point, you know, Kevin would say something witty to start, you know, geekiest show ever, uh, was it 227? Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm sad to say, ladies and gentlemen, he's out uh, uh, sick for the evening. I was going to say that um, I had finally overthrown GSC and had taken it over for my own, but no, that's that's not the case. No, um, no Kevin's global under domination. The... Just Kevin's just sick. <laughs> yeah. So th- tonight we have a different uh, dynamic duo. We have uh, uh, Melissa and and Mike. So it's it's the Eminem show. It's the Eminem show. Yes, I'm sure glad your name isn't Samantha because then it'd be the S and M show, and then we'd have some <laughs> explaining to do here. But well, we've got the love goo, so we've got that uh, going for us. Yeah, we can't let that go all, as much as I think maybe we should sometimes. But anyway, uh, yeah, so it's, it's just us two tonight, and so you know we'll carry on because you know we always you know the show must go on and everything. So I'll try to fill uh, Kevin's rather large uh, hosting shoes, but uh, you know we'll do the stuff that we normally do, and. Um, I should give a formal introduction here. It's uh, uh, Melissa Davis, the Mac Mommy's here with us tonight. So it's you know it's the two of us doing the show. Um, but you know we'll start out the way that we you know Kevin normally would. We'd have the weather report just because you know I don't want to disappoint Kevin and just knowing that it uh, drives Mark up a wall just you know incentivizes me to do it even more. So um, yeah, we got to make a good show for Kevin because you know he's like laid up in bed and you know we want him to fall back to sleep to our dulcet tones and. So hope you hope you feel better, Kevin. Yeah, you know, hopefully you'll snap out of this little. Uh, you know, I suppose we're getting to that time of year where uh, uh, cold and flu and all that nasty crap is going around. So it is. Yeah, so you know, we always have to. Everyone's got to watch. You know, take care of their health. Try to keep themselves healthy. And at some point, um, you know, when the flu shots become available, I'm I'm going to go get one because you know, working in the school, dumping other people's garbage. I just I try not to be. Um, you know, too uh, uh, paranoid about such things. But I do have this uh, notion that maybe I should uh, um, vaccinate myself because I, I expose other people's whatever. Hopefully Doesn't that not. make your immune system that much stronger, though, Mike? I mean, aren't you going to well, be like the last man alive next to cockroaches and Twinkies when the when the world is over? Well, some people might say I might be indistinguishable from a cockroach, but that's a different discussion. <laughs> uh, might be. I don't get sick real often. Now, I, this this winter, uh, for the first time in a few years, I think I did end up driving the big white bus. Um, my little euphemism for you know hovering over the toilet. Um, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> well, that, and I stole that from an old. Um, I think it was Growing Pains episode where uh, Growing Pains. No, uh, Family Ties. One of those. <laughs> yeah, uh, where the annoying uh, neighbor Kimmy was over, and she'd gone gone out the night before and gotten drunk, and so oh, she was, okay. you know, she was, uh, you know, heaving in the toilet, and she said, "I had the strangest dream. I dreamt I was driving this big white bus, and every time I signaled the left turn, I heard this flushing sound." Uh, <laughs> so that that joke's kind of stuck with me. But um, well, last we were talking about glowing toilet bowls, so now you just need to add uh, your choice of color to it. Well, for some reason, this show never wanders too far away from bathroom humor. So. It doesn't. Uh, yeah, of course. Like Kevin and I say, we're kind of 12 years old on the inside. But. Well, it keeps me coming back, so there must be something. Oh, well, we must be doing it right then. So, um, But the, the weather report, um, uh, you want to start with yours? It's hot. It's fucking hot. <laughs> it's always fucking hot. Well, that's it in a nutshell. Uh, I don't think you'll hear that on your local weather, but okay. <laughs> now, if I were the weather person, 
Wow. It's uh yeah, it's in the nineties again. Damn it. It's uh ninety one, ninety one. Let's see. It's uh, yeah, we're not gonna get out of the nineties here. Tuesday it's gonna get all the way up to ninety nine. Let's see uh today well tomorrow I guess is gonna be our coolest. It'll get down to all the way down to ninety one. Yay. Mm. Well, I, I don't want to disappoint you then by giving us uh, giving you our weather report because right now it's about seventy four here in Clark. You suck, and, Mike. You suck. Well, okay, uh, <laughs> and it looks like the rest of the week it's going to be somewhere in the sixties, maybe getting up to seventy. Uh, some chance of rain, and that's that's a good thing because uh, South Dakota not very often do we get long on rain. So, um, yeah, and it's been kind of dry this year, so some moisture would be a good thing. That's okay. Um, when you have your polar vortex or whatever that shit is, then you know you call me and and I'll get my get my day. <laughs> yeah, when it's like thirty below, then yeah, I'll, I will be suffering, yeah, and then I'll be the one that sucks. Yes, and Kevin forwarded this to me to make sure that we got it on here. Um, um, Alyssa sent in her um, weather report, and she's. I'll read it, what it has here. Um, for the uh, listeners, sorry I'm not on GSE tonight. I'm at the Brian Adams concert. A few nights ago was Cheap Trick, Joan Jett, and the Black Hearts and Heart. Uh, that lineup is playing close to Kevin tonight, but uh, dear listeners, Kevin gave up a concert to record a podcast for you. No, this is where I meant that he actually ended up being sick, so he's probably being punished for not going to the concert. Ah, karma. karma. Uh, now, uh, now see. Uh, anyway, the forecast uh, started out rainy today, supposed to get sunny and reach the mid-70s, and the rest of the week uh, fluctuates between the 70s and low 80s. Sigh, summer is over. Yes, uh, I, I feel your pain because, you know, right now I don't mind this temperature, but I know it's just a harbinger of things to come and the temperature will steadily decline. Uh, that evil white stuff that Kevin so oddly loves will be showing up here in a while and we'll have to be moving it then moving it and moving it. Um, so, yeah, this for him, he'll be happy. For me, not so much. But um, Then he'll just have to come visit me. Uh, yeah, he can. Or maybe we should do this. You know, he's not too far away from uh, you know, possibly retiring at some point. And I've still got a little ways to go yet. Uh, I'm trying to get enough money saved up so I have some money to retire. Um, but you know, maybe when that time comes, maybe we'll just have to do a, a house exchange. And when winter comes, we can go out to Virginia and he can come here to South Dakota. And then maybe we'd all be you know, reasonably somewhat sort of happy. So, Yeah, we have snowbirds here for that. It's very popular here. Yeah, I hear that. I just don't know if I want to go. I don't know if I want to go down there or not. Um, something about a lot of brown would just kind of drive me up a wall because that's kind of South Dakota in the summertime. Sometimes so. it's a different kind of pretty, though. It is. It really is because remember, I came from somewhere that was very green, mm -hmm. and True. I thought that was going to bother me too. But there's, it's very pretty here. It's just a different kind. Lots hmm. of mountains. I mean, everywhere you look, well, you're not used to that where you are. It's kind no. of flat, isn't it? Out here, I mean, you're surrounded by mountains, so you don't constantly feel like you're falling off the edge of the earth. Well, the east side of South Dakota is reasonably flat. You get out to the Black Hills of South Dakota, and I won't quite say it's it's mountainous, not like some states are, but there's some rolling, uh, some good-sized hills and, uh, well, Harney Peak, although there's some controversy because I guess they want to call it Black Elk Mountain now or something, but I will refer to it to Harney uh, as Harney Peak for the rest of my life is the tallest mountain between the Rockies and the Alps I believe. Mm -hmm. I think I think that's our little claim to fame here. There's something along that line, so. Cool. Yeah. But uh so tonight um we kind of had a uh 
a, a plan cooked up here. I think we'll probably start with um, uh, you know our thoughts on the Apple event. Um, you know, I didn't, I haven't watched the uh, um, event. Um, you know the keynote uh, and such. I've kind of I've heard about a few things. I kind of looked things up, and I'm kind of going, well, okay. There's uh, a new iPhone seven. You know that's that's always good. And finally, I think everyone's saying finally, they've gotten rid of the stupid sixteen gigabyte version. So they're it's what thirty two sixty four and two fifty six on all of them except for the SE model. That okay. one still has a sixteen. Well, I guess they're trying to keep it, you know, entry level priced. Right. Yeah, there's still definitely a need for that, I think. As much as yeah. people loathe it. You know, there's the grandmas and the maybe people who use it for business and it's just kind of a kiosk. There's developers, there's there's probably a whole wide range of, of people that still want to rock the sixteen and not have to pay so much for it. So I'm not in that boat of people that just constantly bemoans it. Eight, you know, yeah, eight should die a horrible death and it has, and so <laughs> we don't have to complain about that anymore. But yeah, there's still a market for sixteen. Well, and at some point, I should probably upgrade my phone because I still have a five, and so I think it's about three and a half years old somewhere in there. Are you um, feeling the need to upgrade? Well, where are you it, at with it? Well, it's starting. I think the battery's starting to get a little. I mean, it's still fine. You know, I've rigged up this system where uh, I have my iPod Touch that I keep my music and audio books and podcasts on and then i have my iphone and then i have my bluetooth headset and so i've got them both paired to it so i can listen to the ipod and still be able to get phone calls so it works uh sometimes it's a little clunky because i think the uh, bluetooth headset gets a little confused on when i'm listening to something and a phone call comes in it doesn't always uh well, it may pick up the phone but it may not transfer the audio over so i have people who are yelling at me and i can't hear them but that otherwise, still happens to me on the 6s so i don't know that that's yeah. a product of the five per se right i think that's just uh, bluetooth weirdness well yeah and like i say the uh and i think some of it too may just be the the headset you know trying to sort things out and you know and figure things out so i always wonder about that because i have been through two different bluetooth headsets and i thought i mean the only way to really rule that out is to isolate it right i mean you know are you going to have the same problem on two different devices and i have so i don't I, again i think it's a bluetooth weirdness because after right. the second headset i still have an issue where it doesn't always switch over. It's it's gotten better though. I don't remember it being as terrible. But then again, I'm one of those people that's known for just really hating the phone. I don't like to talk on the phone in, in general. Uh, but the other problem that I have, and I don't know if you, I think we talked about this on another episode about GPS and what we use and stuff. And I use my phone for GPS. It is my GPS and my nice, you know, 13 year old car. It kind of, you know, modernizes it just a little bit. And so I use it. And one of the problems that I have is when Let's see, how does it go? I, when I ask, you know, who f to give me directions, uh, for some reason, there's a difference between the directions that she gives me initially and then the directions that are like turn by turn. And the directions that she gives me are like really super loud. Or, or another example is when, you're, when you say, you know what, and like say I'm texting my husband. When she repeats it back to me, it's super, super loud. And it's like it hurts my ears. There, there is definitely a difference in volume for certain commands. And I don't understand why that is. And I want it to die. And I want it to be fixed in iOS 10. So that's what I'm going to be looking for. That will be my, one of my very first tests as soon as I upgrade is to test that out and see if that's still a problem or not. Because it doesn't seem to matter which Bluetooth I use. 
<clears throat> yeah, and for me, I always end up using Google Maps on my iPhone just because I like that better. Yep, yep I do too. But and, and I do like it better. And like I said, we talked about this before, but I'll mention it again. I don't like the fact that it doesn't fade and and fade out. It interrupts and it cuts it off, and it doesn't give you that nice little, you know, second half a second of leeway when you're listening to a podcast so you have to like rewind it and i don't like that i can't use you know who to get drive by drive directions i can't say what's my next turn <laughs> not that i need to in google maps she's pretty good about telling you in in a timely fashion which lane to be in and that's one of the biggest reasons why i do like google maps but i can't do a lot of voice commands while that's running and hopefully that'll be another thing that'll be interesting to see in the in the new iterations of ios is whether or not the APIs are open enough to change that because I'd love to be able to control Google Maps with with my voice. Yeah, I I hope that Apple will, you know, I understand their need for security, but I hope they will allow a little bit more things so that it's a little easier for uh, apps to interoperate with each other. I wouldn't hold my breath on it, but it would be nice if we could get because I use LastPass to store my passwords. And on my Android devices, uh, you know, you go to enter a, a password in an app or something, and LastPass will pop up and say, would you like for me to enter that for you? Um, in iOS, and it's not a big thing, but it's just a little clunky sometimes that you have to probably go into your LastPass, copy your password for that site, and then open up the site and then paste it in. Um, it's there, just, there's no autofill like there's in 1Password? Because one password, if you just tap on it, it autofills. I mean, not every single time. There are certain web pages and certain mobile sites that just aren't built to, they're not compatible. But for the most part, I would say you know, probably 80% of the time it autofills for you. Is that doing it within um, one password's own browser? Or is that like if you open up, uh, like my banking app, Um I open that up uh, and I have to go and copy and paste my password in because um, I. So it works two different ways. So you could use one passwords browser. That's that's something that you could do. And that's usually what I do. However, especially in my experience and working with clients and just my, myself, banking apps in particular, banking apps, medical or, or I shouldn't say apps, sure. um, banking websites, medical websites, any of those those ones that are like have a lot more security built into them. They don't always respect the one password browser. Um, I haven't experimented with enough, but you can, in one password, you can change something in the advanced settings that will basically like emulate Safari better, or you can tell it, you know, uh, make this website think that it's iOS Safari instead. But whatever the case is, there's just a lot of websites out there that uh, either they aren't designed well, they're designed poorly. Uh, they don't accept any kind of autofill or that could be a feature and not a bug. And it's designed to do that so that it protects you from bots and automated right. stuff like that, which is something that you want. Uh, again, it's that security versus uh, convenience balance that you have to do. So what I have found is that uh, certain sites will or they won't accept an autofill, especially well, like if it's a banking site. But on the whole, in general, the way that it will work is, is either way. Either you use the 1Password browser, and yes, it will autofill because you just tap on the key and it just fills it in, or you can use the Safari browser. Now, I haven't tried it with the Google Chrome browser in iOS. I should try that because 
I can't, I don't use it often enough to be able to think of that off the top of my head. But either way, in Safari iOS browser, you tap on the share button. As long as you have switched that on in your, are they called extensions, I think? If you have that switched on, you can tap the share button and then up will slide the little sheet and then you can move those icons around. And I always just keep the one password extension in the first spot. And then you just tap one password and then it finds the thing that you're looking for. You tap that and then it autofills. So you know, it does but, work. You see, you, but that's in the browser, but I'm talking like for a regular app. Um, like if I okay. want to, op- mm-hmm. yeah, like if I want to open my banking app. Now, I don't think iOS would allow that to happen because it would be communication between two different apps. And- it does in certain apps. There are certain apps that actually have, and I can't think of any off the top well, of my head right now, but there are certain apps that in the little password field is a little one password icon, and you tap okay. that, and it'll it'll take you, it'll switch you back and autofill it for you. So it's okay. possible. It does happen. Right. But yeah, I think the likelihood of it happening with a banking app per se would be right. very, very low because that just wouldn't be as secure. So yeah, you do have to do the cha-cha, as I call it, right. and switch back and forth and copy and paste. So that's something we kind of have to live with. Right. Now, like I say, in... in so uh, quit your bitching. <laughs> well, well, in Android, it'll do that, though. I mean, even within an app. So... Uh-huh. But like I say, I just don't uh, – and I understand Apple's uh, desire for sandboxing. Yes, it does keep us safe. I, I do get that. Um, but it is a tad you know, frustrating to, Well, it sounds like that. that's a universal thing though, between right. iOS and Android. I don't think there's a difference between the two. I don't think it's a sand, sandboxing thing per se. You still have to switch back and forth to right. copy and paste. So there's no real difference there. Okay. Well, and now getting – Back to Apple's event, the thing that's probably driving the internet into an absolute frenzy is that. Oh, uh, for fuck's sake! <laughs> Seriously, basically. I just have to say that because I am really kind of sick and tired of it. I will admit, I was in the same camp. I know you're going to talk about the the killing off of the the headphone, headphone jack. jack. Yes. Yes. Uh, wah wah wah. Okay, so I used to be in that camp a little bit only because I was concerned because I had uh, a pair of. Uh, headphones that I was using, the sleep phones, I'll just say it. Uh, And then the company rescued me and gave me a pair and now I'm in love and I have no more anxiety about it. So I think that there are lots of alternatives. I understand people are pissed because they have to go out and, well, at least they perceive that they have to go out and they have to buy something new in order to make it work. Well, of course, you know, Apple's providing you the, the dongle. We all know how much we love dongles. But the fact that they're providing the dongle, yeah, I mean... Yeah, you have to work at making the relationship work. You have to use extra things to do it. But come on. I mean, eventually things are going to go wireless anyway, so we might as well just get used to it. That's my right. philosophy. Well, and for the mo- and like I said, you know, I mentioned I use my Bluetooth headset, but for my iPod, I did actually because I've got it in a waterproof case just because I want to try and keep it safe and everything. All my devices have a case of some sort on, and I actually had to take it out of the case the other day because I was testing the the PA system in the gym, and I needed to plug you know a cable into it to feed the uh, music into the. Uh, Mm-hmm. into the speaker system and it does have a port on there but it's got a little dongle to put on there because it's so deeply recessed you have to have a specially sized uh uh jack to fit in that little hole that they have there then the dongle to plug your earphones into it mm-hmm. uh so i did have to take it out of the case to do that but you know that's kind of the rare exception because normally uh i don't uh, i use bluetooth i don't use the other stuff so it's not going to impact me horribly but you know those few people in 
you know, it'll happen sometimes. Somebody will come to, you know, one of the basketball games, they want to play some music, and they have a, you know, an iPhone 7, and it won't have a jack. And then uh, maybe out of, of course, what is it, a $40? Well, if they've got an no. iPhone 7, then they should know better, and they should bring their damn doggle with them. Well, I'm going to refrain <laughs> comment, but, yeah, they should know better. Yeah. Should, and, should and would are two different things. Uh-huh. Um, but is it a $40? And no soup for you? No, I because uh, I think I saw some place that was like a forty dollar dongle that you plug in, and uh, if you want to buy one, and and I just got to think maybe it would be nice. Uh, I wonder if it'll work with my iPod with once they update the iOS. Because like I say, if I could just plug this thing into the instead of having their little dongle for their that case, I could just have that one handy. And like I said, I just feel the need that at some point somebody's going to be bringing in their phone and realize it doesn't have a headphone jack on it. Uh, I almost kind of want to have one in my little uh, bag of tricks that I carry with yeah, me all I, the time. I think that that really right, right there, what you said, is probably going to end up being the solution to these things is that you know, as we move forward and the popularity gains, yeah, I mean, if you've got a PA system and you're an audiovisual engineer of some sort or you have that kind of knowledge, then I think it's kind of your responsibility to have the tools necessary to make that work. And if not, again, I say no soup for you. Right. Well, yeah, and like you say, I have just kind of taken upon myself. We really don't have an audiovisual person there, but it's just kind of like, you know, I end up having to take care of the PA system. So I have a few things on hand to make sure that, you know, people can can plug in stuff because, you know, I know they like to listen to their music. Um, and so and I may just, you know, out of my own pocket, just have one there so that we can we can do that because just, you know, cover our bases there. But Yeah, I think the kids are going to probably there, there might be an adjustment period where there's a rude awakening where the kids are like, what do you mean I can't plug it in? What? Right. What the hell is this old technology, old man? You know, what is this 35-millimeter yeah. jack shit? <laughs> right. Or maybe get something like, well, it depends. I was going to say a Chromecast, but I don't think Apple Music works with a Chromecast. Yeah, let's not even go there. Um, yeah, so it would be nice if you just had like a wireless dongle that people could connect to if I gave them the password or you know whatever. But. So here's what I'm thinking. I haven't tested this theory out, but like a, a while ago I was bitching about the whole like, okay, the headphone jack's going to go away. I have this pair of headphones that I'm really attached to. They have a 35 millimeter jack on them. I need to be able to plug them in while my device is powered because I use it overnight while I'm sleeping. Now, I, don't, I no longer have that problem, but that doesn't mean that other people won't have that problem. You know, they have a specific pair of headphones that they're beholden to that have a 35 millimeter jack. Okay, that is the problem, right? That is going to be a problem for a while. There's going to be some growing pains. I think, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that the solution to this might be, and again, it's awkward and it's ugly, but I think you'd have to get adapter that's, that has the power port on it. So I imagine you would plug that in. Then you would plug in your light. God, this is off. This is just fugly. You would have to then plug in your lightning charge cable into a power source, right? And plugged into the bottom of that. And then you would have the dongle that comes in the box with the Apple iPhone 7 phone, right? And you would plug that into the other lightning port that's on this thing. And then you would plug your headphones into that. <laughs> well... Codependency is awesome. Well, I thought there was, and I haven't paid a lot of attention because it's not going to uh, affect me yet, but I thought somebody uh, had a dongle that would you could power 
your phone and also it would have a headphone jack. I think it was Griffin, but let me let me see. Okay. Here's here's one from the Verge. Yeah. This forty dollar adapter can charge the iPhone seven with your headphones plugged in. Um Mm -hmm. it is from Belkin. Oh Belkin, okay. Yep, there's another one that makes that stuff. Yeah. Um I'm gonna try and paste it into the uh Okay, yeah, we'll add that to the show notes notes so people can Explore yeah. their options. Yeah, it's the Lightning Audio Plus Charge Rockstar. It's forty dollars, but um, it oh, pop over ads. I won't. <laughs> that right. um, but yeah, dual functionality, twelve watt pass through, um, so you can listen to your music. So you can still charge it um, and be able to plug in. If you plug it into your, uh, you have an audio system that you plug it into to listen mm-hmm. to, or if your uh, your headphones and um, that. Yeah, so this thing looks like it probably lessens the bulkiness of the of the workaround that I just explained. Yeah, well, it's it's uh, you know, I already have, to have one, so that's probably what I would do. But if I didn't, then I would go with this. I'll drop that in there for you to look at, and then I'm going to try and remember to add it to the uh, uh, show notes here, so that uh, uh, Kevin, when Kevin puts this together. Uh, yeah, we'll try can. to make it easier for him for his poor little soup mind right now. <laughs> yeah, so I'll... So put, where uh, there's a will, there's a way. I mean, people are going to find sure. ways to get around it. I kind of think that this is sort of the price of digital citizenship. I think this is just how it is. I mean, I really get incensed when people just piss and moan about all the changes and like, oh my God, get over it. You drive a car, don't you? You got to put tires on your car. You got to put gas in it. You got to put oil in it. I mean, it's not much different than that. Right. Yeah. And, you know, things, well, the automobile industry is, for the most part, standardized on certain things. But, you know, some things do change. Um, the school bought a, uh, it was a used van, but new to us, uh, a, t- a Chrysler Town & Country, and that doesn't have a physical key in it. You get into it with the uh, the dongle, mm-hmm. uh, and you push a button. And so uh, I grabbed a set of keys, and I just assumed it did both, a dongle and a key. And so I grabbed what I thought was the keys for that one to back it out of the garage, and I'm going to where the hell's the key slot? And I yeah. couldn't figure it out. So finally, you know, I finally figured out it's only the dongle. There is a key to manually unlock the door in case your battery dies and the little punch system won't yeah. work. So there is a backup, but there is no key for the ignition. So, you know, there's things like that that people have to... Now, this is, you know, taking away something. This isn't something extra you got to buy, so it's not the best example. But, you know, things do change and we do have to learn to adapt uh, and things like that. So, yeah, I don't think it's the end of the world. Now, if you have, of course... I have, as I'm sitting here, I'm looking at my iPod uh, fourth generation with the 30-pin connector on it. And, mm-hmm. you know, everyone, you know, complained about that, but we've moved we on. We got over it. Yeah, so the world has not ended. So, um, it, you know, it'll all work out. So, um, you know, it won't be the end of the world by any means. So, um Oh, yeah. I, I like it. I'm happy about it because, I mean, A, I found a solution or a solution was given to me and I'm very, very grateful. 
but I also like the fact that it cuts down on it's it's one less hole for for dirt and dust and water sure. to get in. So now it's it's not waterproof, but it's yeah. more water resistant. So now the people who are always saying to me, "Oh, I would really like to get an iPhone, but I always drop mine in the toilet." Yeah, and you know I kind of like the water resistant thing, but. You know, here's the thing. I am a high school custodian, so I am cleaning toilets. I am doing things. I am pressure washing stuff. Um, and, you know, my iPhone is in my little holster on this, uh, that I wear on my side, my little uh, bag of tricks, as I call it. And it's just sitting there with the ports down. It's not like it's going to run directly in. But I've had it for three and a half years or thereabouts, and I haven't, you know, got, dropped it in the toilet. I haven't done anything like that. So I guess I'm careful. But I do understand because I do talk to the, yeah, the guy. The guy, the plumber that does uh, work at the school, and he says, yeah, you know, you're, you're working on something and the call comes in, you try to take it and it falls in the toilet. So I understand things like that are going to happen, but that that is a nice feature. And so they've added, you know, water resistance. Um, what else? Oh, this could be interesting to me, a uh, 12 mega, megapixel camera. Yeah, with, Rockstar it, camera. Yeah, with image stabilization uh, and, uh, what, and I think it was um, – I think they were actually building an optical zoom. Do I remember that right? Plus digital zoom. But mm-hmm. I thought there was at least some minimal optical zoom. Yeah. Yeah, there's includes, all kinds of magic going on in there. Yeah, 2x optical zoom and up to 10x uh, digital zoom. Mm-hmm. So, so some um, of the information is being made up still. Right. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of interesting because I do like taking uh, pictures with my – I do like taking pictures sometimes with my phone, uh, and sometimes the pictures I take are actually interesting, not just serial numbers off of some piece of equipment I got to look up. <laughs> but I do, uh, and I would like a uh, you know a better camera, and it, something better with low light. That's the thing that because light sometimes where I take pictures aren't isn't always the greatest. So and of course, if better could, battery life because sure. they removed that jack, so there's more room for that stuff now. Yeah, so they can hopefully inject you know you know a few more millimeters of battery in there, so maybe we can get a few extra minutes out of it. I think the seven plus has two extra hours of battery life compared to the six plus, okay. and uh, also the other thing that they added to the seven, which was only a plus model feature last time around, is that it has image stabilization. So there's yeah. image stabilization in both models and not just the plus end. Okay. Yeah, so that would be a good thing because sometimes, you know, uh, depending on how much coffee I have, shaky pictures is right. always a possibility. Um, so, yeah, I'm the the camera upgrade I think would be interesting. I just, you know, now if somebody give me a wallet upgrade, right, I would exactly. rush right out. <laughs> right. I would rush right out and get one. Um, but, you know, so that's kind of interesting. And then, you know, the other thing that people are talking about, which kind of goes back to losing the, the headphone jack, is the uh, – what do they call them? AirPods. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. First of all, yeah. I've never really it, they the Apple's you know uh, ear pods or whatever they were calling before. They came with your devices. They sounded good, but I just didn't like them because they didn't stay in my ear that well, or at least it bugged me. It felt like you know if I and you know if I was just sitting there, it wouldn't be so bad. But I'm working. I'm you know bending over. I'm doing things, and uh, it always felt like they were going to fall out or about ready to fall out or something like that. And so the design of these looked similar. The part that goes in your ear, and I just don't know about losing those little things, especially when it's two hundred and twenty nine dollars yeah. for a pair. They're not practical for me. 
No, I don't think for me I think either. it's a great concept, and right. I'm not going to go on a complete bitch rage about it because I right. think that it's definitely – I don't even know. I mean, can can we use the word innovative without being made fun of? I don't think so. Uh, we, we certainly can't use the word courage without being made fun of, so uh, those words are just off limits. Right. I think it's a good concept that is going to catch on. It's going to inspire other manufacturers to make something – similar that does the same thing for maybe a better price point that's maybe more affordable or even more um uh dare i say or more organo- more ergonomic i mean for something at that price point maybe maybe even a little bit above i would kind of half expect something that's got more of like a a moldable uh like memory cushiony kind sure. of substance that would like mold to your ear because the like right now I'm I'm wearing the old fashioned earbuds the ear pods I mean maybe the sound quality is a little bit better maybe the recording quality is a little bit better but I can't stand them in my ears they drive my ears nuts I have very little ears so I mean right. I've just got a problem so I don't know that it's a one size fits all kind of product no. and no, that, I, that can be problematic I do appreciate the size because you know I I keep bringing up my bags of trick my bag of tricks that I carry with me and in in there I do have this little case with a little I forget the brand right now but it's a little um bluetooth adapter um so that it'll connect to your phone and you can plug headphones into there and I do have a small set of over the ear headphones in there it's in this little case it's a, like a 2 by 2 uh case maybe about um 3 quarters of an inch thick so I put all that stuff in there I managed to fold it up and put it all in there so that is my uh if I'm somewhere and I don't uh, bring my other headphones along, I've got that in there. Now, whether keeping it charged up is another thing because I don't right. use it that often. <laughs> but I've got it in there. So if I if we're out shopping and and you know I decide to sit in the uh, coffee shop in the Walmart while my wife is getting stuff, I could pull this out and listen to something and not annoy everyone. Um, but my uh, headphones for choice when I'm at school are bone induction headphones because they're you know, I have to hear if somebody's trying to get hold of me or a fire alarm's going off or something. So that way I can listen to the music, but my ears are still open so I can hear these ah, things. So I like it. That's cool. Yeah, that is. And I said, that's, that's, and I've done a lot of experimenting to try and figure things out because I used to get, uh, you know, put something in there and either leave one dangle, which was for listening to podcasts is mm-hmm, fine, but mm-hmm. kind of annoying. Um, or I'd have to pull one out when somebody was talking to me because I just can't hear people with something stuck in my ear, yeah, not understand them well. Right. So, uh, this is, you know, the best alternative I found so far. But, um, I do, you know, these things look small. It would probably take up less room than that concoction I got in my, uh, saddlebag right now. But, so I do appreciate them for that, but two hundred twenty nine dollars, and like I say, if they it was just something like I say a almost or even something like uh, the little uh, earwigs that uh, um, they stick in the Secret Service people wear, mm-hmm. uh, something like that that you could just uh, something small you could put in your ear and um, do it that way, or maybe and maybe there's something out there that just costs a ton of money, something that would function as a hearing aid and a music receiver because uh, my hearing's getting a little. Of course, I don't know if a hearing aid would help. I think it's more tinnitus ringing in my ears, but you know something along that line that you, so you could have it in there, you could hear if people are talking to you, uh, and you could listen to your music if you wish and not have some bulky thing. But you know, 
Yeah, I think there's definitely a market for this. I mean, I think it's probably going to be along the lines of the people who can afford the ceramic version of the Apple Watch, right. which we haven't really talked about yet. But, you know, there was Apple Watch announcements, of course, too. And, I, you know, it's 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 probably for people who can afford to lose them and who, who right. are, you know, not uh, doing kind of activities that would cause them to lose them. So, again, it just it goes to practicality for me. I think that there's got to be a balance between price and practicality, and those just aren't it for me. But I'm not right. going to poo-poo it for someone else. They're probably fantastic for other people. And again, I think it's going to spark other people to create stuff. I think it will drive the competitive market. So that's always a good thing. Right. I think we'll talk about one more thing, and then we'll move on to the other subject that we had here. But uh, Apple Watch Series 2. So now it is water resistance up to 50 meters. So Apple Watch, meet my Pebble Watch. Um, and it adds uh, GPS, which would be nice. So you don't have to have your phone with you if you're doing a run and you want to keep track of you know where you've gone and everything like that. Uh, I don't know if there was too much more beyond uh, beyond that or not? Yeah, pretty much covered. You know, iPhone, ear pods, Apple yeah. Watch. Well, um, it, looks, it looks like to watch a little faster processor, a new display. Um, well, we we have to touch on the software part. Of, I mean, that was the hardware part of it. The software part sure. that I got really excited about was that N Nintendo is partnering with Apple in a bigger way now because now we will have Mario. It's an endless runner. Uh, Mario Run is coming to the iPhone. I don't know a price yet or when. I think they said probably before the holidays. I think they said end of year. That could have been for the other announcement, which was Pokemon Go for the Apple Watch. Yep. Um, and then there's some there's something called I think it's called Pokemon Go Plus or something like that. Everybody loves the word plus for some reason. Uh, it's another add-on kind of thing. There's all this, this this market for accessorization, I guess it is. So I guess it's just part and parcel for, for what we deal with these days. And so I guess it's some kind of wrist-worn, like a bracelet or jewelry or something that he, he only brought it out briefly and then I looked it up online later and saw some more stuff about it. But basically it's, a, it's an add-on. It's some kind of accessory that you use along with the Apple Watch that is supposed to somehow accentuate the experience or something like that. I wonder if it has something to do with being able to combat the whole battery drain issue because, as you know, our biggest complaint with Pokemon Go trainers, in, in my world at least, is battery drain. It's really, really a heavy hitter on your phone. Uh, so when they first announced that, my first thought was, well, that's so cool, but oh my god, it's going to kill your battery. So how are they going to address that? So I guess there's going to be ways... Um, it remains to be seen. I think it's going to be cool. It, the whole idea of putting Pokemon Go on the Apple Watch is to address uh, everybody always looking at their screens. You know, of course, everybody knows who has an Apple Watch. I mean, I don't, but this is what I've observed, is that you don't stare at your screen as much with an Apple Watch because you just are glancing at the watch. And so I guess there was a big problem. Well, there is. There's a big problem with people basically becoming zombies and staring at their their cell phone screens too much. And so Pokemon Go on the watch is going to address some of that and take some of the eyeballs off the screens and be able to provide you with the ability to to be more in, in touch with everything around you while still being able to play the game and, and interact with it. So that was cool. Uh, and I got really excited about Mario because, you know, for years and years and years, they swore that we were never going to see Mario on an iOS device, and now we're going to start with an endless runner runner game. It's not much, but it's definitely a start, and my kids are going to go ape for it, so I'm anxious to see how much they're going to charge us for it. 
Okay. Yeah. And, you know, you, you mentioned your kids. So I guess this would be a good segue into the other topic that we wanted to talk about tonight. Um, Melissa kind of brought it up and, you know, we kind of wanted to talk about it because we both have kids with, um, uh, I guess you'd call them challenges. Um, <laughs> I'll, you know, I'll, I'll start and, and say that uh, my oldest son, he is a, a high-functioning autistic, and uh, we've dealt with that. He is now 28 years old. He was diagnosed when he was three years of age. So for about the last quarter century now, um, we've been, you know, dealing with that. And, you know, and, and, and M- Melissa, you want to tell us what, you know, what you guys are sure. dealing with? So my oldest son has ADD, which is just attention deficit disorder. He doesn't have the hyper part, so I guess I can consider myself lucky from what I've observed from other families. Uh, But he does have ADD, and one of the things that I've been struggling with lately is, as I'm learning more about this now, he was only diagnosed last year, like sometime like late end of third grade, fourth grade, and we're finally starting to try to get an education plan going and get you know teachers on board and some some things like that. And we're, I'm getting on, I won't, I don't want to talk too much about it because it's just aggravating, but I'm now getting onto the medication merry-go-round and I'm really conflicted about it. So I'm, I'm still throwing myself into tons and tons of research. I'm really trying to learn more about it, how to parent a child with this condition. And, you know, is it a condition? Is it a personality? You know, what, I mean, it, it's a medical condition. Does it really have to be medicated? I've got all kinds of questions. Um, so I'm always looking for ways to deal with this. And of course, because we're a high tech family, you know, our kids have always been around screens. They've always had, you know, technology around them because of who their mom is. And that's just this <laughs> what we do. Uh, and one of the things that I'm really struggling with lately is whenever someone finds out or it comes in, up in conversation about me having a child that has ADD, one of the first things out of their mouth is, well, do you let him play video games? Or, you know, how much screen time does he have? As if to say, in this kind of like unhanded, passive aggressive way, like, well, maybe you suck as a parent. Like, maybe you gave it to your kid. You know, like, that's how I'm internalizing well, it. I know I shouldn't take it that way, but I'm kind of raw and sensitive right now I, on this new part oh, of it. Oh, so. I, I, I know what you mean. And um, and believe me, I've been down the road of, you know, and I'm using air quotes here, helpful people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, again, air quotes, experts who are going to tell you about, you know, how to raise your kid. And I've had people who are childless telling, giving me advice. Mm-hmm. Those people, I've, I've managed not to punch them in the throat. <laughs> yeah, it gets a little uh, hard Yeah, it's, it's frustrating. They mean well. They mean well. Yeah, I guess. Um, but, you know, and I do, you know, I do, um, you know, a couple things. I do understand your frustration, this whole screen thing. My take on... You know, uh, the autistic spectrum, which is basically what we're talking about here. You know, you got um, ADD and then you got like uh, my son, Eric, high functioning autistic. And then you've got the ones that go down that are nonverbal. I think we know uh, I won't say who they are, but I think we know a few people uh, online who have kids that are at the other end of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, like and it's a spectrum. It covers a lot of ground. But my take on it has always been that. These people just think differently. And for me, I don't know, this is my crackpot theory. Anybody can disagree with me if they wish. But I think it's just um, part of it, – it's kind of nerds gone wild maybe is the way I'm trying to say it. Because, um, you know, 
people who are you know consider themselves nerds tend to be a little bit obsessed. They tend to be you know they tend to focus on things, and this is what makes them good in their field, like you know Steve Jobs and some of these other people. Um, because they can be very focused, they can tune out the rest of the world, which is not always a good thing, but you know it can be sometimes. Uh, so I think it's just you know something like that taken to the extreme. Because you know uh, geeks and nerds, we tend to obsess, we tend to f- uh, focus, you know, on things we you know, and I think it's just uh, that. Um, because I've also heard that there seems to be a higher instance of autism in, uh, or you know, the spectrum diseases, or I hate the word diseases. Just I know, know, me too. It's a yeah. word we kind of have. We're like stuck with for right now, or even disorder. Right. I don't, I right. don't like the word disorder because I right. it just bugs me. And no, and it's, but you know, you hear about you know a higher incidence of this uh, in like the high tech field. Well, where do nerds and geeks go into the high tech field? So right. that's just kind of my two cents that I don't causation versus how does it go correlation is uh, a problem, right? Like people and, think it, it's caused by that when it's just like no, that's just where those people are. <laughs> well, and I think it's just uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is just the genetics of things that uh, you take two nerds and slap them together and they make a kid well you have a higher incidence of this and like I say in the, going up to that next level uh where it does manifest itself in it, you know one of the hallmarks is just social awkwardness because um for some people um um the noise and sound and stuff can be a distraction. I know there are times I really don't like parties or uh, large gatherings because um, I sometimes end up listening to all the conversations around Mm -hmm. me, which kind of makes it hard to concentrate on one. Um, And I just, I'm not able to necessarily filter that out uh, or Sometimes I can, but then, you know, as I get tired or it gets harder to do. So there's things well, like that's that. that's just it. The tiredness creeps in yes. because I'm – what's happening to me is I'm learning a lot more about myself than I never knew. And it's really hard to, like, try to resist um, self-diagnosis. Like, I'm not self-diagnosing I myself, but I know that there are certain things that I can not just sympathize. I can empathize that my son right. struggles with. And, you mm-hmm. know, sometimes I wonder, well, do I have ADD? You know, maybe I just was never diagnosed or, oh, my gosh, that makes so much sense. Now, I will say, I mean, I do have some, I'm an advocate for mental health. So I will say like, I do suffer from PTSD. I've got issues in my own life that I deal with. And what I'm learning is that ADD and ADHD and PTSD have a lot of overlapping, overlapping symptoms. So there are times when he struggles with stuff and I can totally empathize with that and then i think to myself oh my gosh well maybe i have add and then i think oh be careful because you know that's could be um, you know ptsd stuff so um you know like when i sit there and i look at his medication i think well gosh you know i wish i could get a prescription for this you know maybe it would help me but then i gotta be careful and think no 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 you can't go down that road you gotta you gotta really look at this more systematically so um i struggle with that and so like what you were saying you know what i noticed is that well I'm a social butterfly, you know, I can socialize and I, I like to be very social and, and go to loud parties and stuff like that. But then 
why am I so exhausted? Or why does like I suffer mm-hmm. from fibromyalgia? Like, why am I like inflamed? Well, it's because it taxes me. Like I can do yep. it, but then I need a break and I can only do so much. And it's, it's taken me all these years. I'm in my forties now. I'm finally, finally, it's starting to click that, Hey, Melissa, you like, you actually have limitations and you should probably respect that about yourself and, you know, say no once in a while. And so, yeah, that's, it's it's definitely a learning curve. It's a steep oh, yeah. learning curve. Yeah, and you know, and that's the thing. And, and the other thing you mentioned too was medication. And um, I don't remember at what age we put Eric on. Uh, we started out with um, um, Ritalin. Those, those are the keywords. Started out with. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and that's mm-hmm. the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, started out with Ritalin mm-hmm. uh, because up to that point he was very. Strong willed. Well, he's still strong willed. But, mm-hmm. uh, and the thing was, so I think he was about eight years old. Um, maybe not even that. So he was diagnosed when he was three. Maybe he wasn't even quite eight. I don't quite remember. But, and so we're trying to, you know, discipline. We're trying to do the timeout. We're trying to do, you know, that stuff. And, you know, I'll be honest here. Um, and, you know, it doesn't make me look good. But I'll be honest here. One night we were trying to do a timeout and we were trying to get him to stay in his room and he didn't want to stay there. He was going to go out and he was going to do whatever. He wasn't going to do this. And so I'm in there trying to, you know, have make, you know, we were, we were trying to be a parent. You're trying to be a parent. And we also know that, you know, if the kids figure it out that they can, what buttons to push, they'll keep pushing it and they'll mm-hmm. keep getting away with it. And we knew that there are certain things we just dare not give ground on. So I'm in there trying to, you know, make sure that he stay there and I'm practically sitting on the kid and he's fighting me mm-hmm. and I just I, I lose my frustration yes. and I punched a hole in the wall. I mean that's how you know better the wall than better the, the wall kid. than him. Right. But right. Yeah, it, and it's like I say so and I and I can admit that because it is quite frustrating. So anybody that you know has problems They're all nodding their heads. <laughs> yeah. You know it's it's a you know it's very frustrating. And so then at some point we did get him on um uh Ritalin and then we kind of played around, and then he moved on to Adderall. But when he was in high school, he didn't like taking that because it kind of made him. He, he uh, like I say, he talks. He's very verbal. He'll you know say things, but he doesn't always you know verbalize things you know quite how we would understand it. And he said it, it made him feel funny. He didn't like the way it made him you know feel. Mm-hmm. And so we said, okay, here's the deal. Uh, you know, you're on this because you know you. Your behavior is not exactly, you know, acceptable Socially or a little out like right. sure. So we said, here's the deal: you can be off it, but you have to learn to behave yourself. You mm-hmm. have to, you know, you know. And it wasn't like he's doing anything real wild, but he just had to. So we said, you just have to learn to control yourself, and you, you, if you start to act up again, we'll put you back on there. And he went off it, and he was pretty good. There was one time that. Uh, this student council or uh, yeah, school counselor decided that maybe we should put him back on. He was doing things that wasn't quite right, uh, so we did put him on there for a while. But then he's been off it now since so probably about the last ten years. He doesn't take anything, any medication for that. Um, so he's learned some coping mechanisms and some yeah. compensation skills. Yeah, uh, some, and then, mm-hmm. then it's kind of a balance. He's learned some, and then other people just kind of have to learn to accept what's left. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, mm-hmm. that's the that's the social contract you enter into, whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, that's part of the thing. Now he, um, 
there is an incident among some autistic people of developing seizures. So he does have that. So he is on medication to help control. And that's been a real mm. interesting because he, he has like the, he started out having grand mal seizures. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's the kind where you he, uh, he would make a noise. And then he would tense up and shake. And it seemed like every time he did it, he'd reach up and grab his glasses. And so he wrecked more than a few glasses wow. uh, doing that. And so it took us a while to finally find the right kind of cocktail. Uh, and I don't remember what he's Caesars, on right Caesars now. are like heartbreaking because yeah, I only have experience with that in febrile seizures. So I've witnessed two febrile seizures in my youngest son, Keegan, and it is just heartbreaking. I mean, no. I, I know brand mal, you know, a, any seizure, I mean, it's sure. temporary, but I mean, when they're going through it, you just feel completely helpless. Yes. And I mean, I had never experienced this before. And I literally thought he was going to die. Even after the second one, after the mm -hmm. first one I experienced, I mean, I mean, by the grace of God, we were at the pediatrician when it happened. I mean, uh. it happened right in front of the pediatrician. I mean, had I been somewhere else, I don't know what would have happened. I mean, I just would have, I mean, I freaked out so as it was, well, but she was able to walk me through it and tell me what was happening. They gave him some oxygen, you know, yada, yada. And then I guess like a couple months later, it happened again and I was by myself with him. But at least I knew what it was when it happened. Right. I knew that he was going to survive it and I knew that, you know, what it was. But I mean, when it's, while it's happening, you have all your doubts and you're like, oh my God, they're going to die. They're going to die right. right in front of me. And it's, I don't mean to bring the show down or anything, but no, I mean, but this is just a struggle that you go through that mm -hmm. sometimes other parents just don't understand, you know, how, how exhausting it can be. And so when they say stuff like that, you kind of want to smack them upside the head right. and just like, oh, yeah. yeah, you need to go fuck right off right now because yeah. I'm dealing with something right now. So, and, and for us, that was the hardest part because we, uh, we've always had the intention that Eric should be on his own. He should be self-sufficient. He should be able to take care of himself. But when you're you're having seizures like that, it kind of scares you. Yeah. And he and he had a few because uh, when he uh, like the day after he graduated high school, we moved him into an apartment here in town, and we did get some grief from people about what couldn't wait to kick him out of the house. But no, oh, we realized it's terrible. I know. And uh, but the thing was, we knew that. It's not going to get any better, any quicker. So you might just as well bite the bullet and do it. Mm -hmm. And we moved him out. And we had some concerns because, um, you know, what if he's like frying bacon or something or, you know, cooking and mm -hmm. has a seizure and falls into the stove or something. I mean, you know, a parent, you have all these nightmares. And he had a few, but usually they were while he was sleeping. Now, he did have a few when he was riding his bike, his two-wheeled bike. Um, and so he's chipped his tooth mm -hmm. twice. Now, how did uh, so, you know that he had him while he was sleeping? Is there, like, what kind of evidence is well, there? Well, he wakes up, like, really tired and worn out. Because after he's had these, um, the seizure itself only lasts for a minute yeah. or two. But then, it's the um, longest fucking minute of your life, though, or someone yeah, else's life. But, but then they, they're just, they're wiped out. They're, they're passed out. They're non-responsive, you know, com almost completely non-responsive. And then gradually they kind of start to come up mm -hmm. out of it. Yeah. And and it'll be kind of like you ask him questions and, you know, he might kind of look at you like, you know, that look of who are you? And the glassy eyed and. Yeah, and just kind of, I mean, he will respond, but it's just like uh, more like an animal responding to a noise, uh, you know, than, than your son. So you and learned it, how to pick up on these cues, I take it. Yeah, and so he's kind of woke up and he's realized that he's just like really wiped out and maybe there was, mm -hmm. um, you know, his pillow was wet because maybe, you know, he, mm -hmm. you know, drooled or, yep, you know, they, something. They drool a lot, yeah. Sure, you know, something along that line. And so I think he kind of realized that. Uh, so, you know, 
fiddle around, kind of got that. Then he was kind of having the the blackout seizures where he could be talking to him, and it was just like, mm-hmm. you know, like he froze or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of scary too, um, because you know if he's like riding a bike or something like right. that. Yeah, one of my good friends had lost her license because of it, and she had yeah. to... She eventually got it back, and I don't know if she just, like, not grew out of it because she was an adult, but, I mean, so, something must have right. happened where she was able to get past it, and she was able to go with medication and things like that uh, for about three years without seizures, and then I think she was finally allowed to drive again, but, I mean, she would tell us, like, our you know, her close circle of friends, like, look, these are the warning signs. If I start mm-hmm. not making sense, and I start, you know... Doing these certain actions, like be brace yourselves because a seizure is coming on, and there's nothing you can do. Just like get me yep. to a safe place where I don't hit my head. Just let me sit there. Don't put your fingers in my mouth. No. You know those sorts of things, and you know so that's always helpful. But you know, so these are the things we have to learn about. So yep. bringing it back to technology, sure. I mean, it's it's easy to go down a hole, maybe a dark hole in some cases yeah. about this. Yeah. But bringing it back to technology, I guess that's why I get really personally, I get really pissed and incensed when people start bitching about certain technologies. Right. Um, you know, there are reasons why technology changes. There are there are good reasons sometimes. I you know, I can't even say there's bad reasons, but but Apple's one of those companies that has proved itself time and time again that you know, I'll go out on a limb and say in some cases, I mean I joke when I say this, but you know, they, they're like our mother, they know what's good for us. You know, just shut up and listen, will you? Uh but you know, over the years, I mean I've been an Apple user for over twenty years now and they haven't really led me astray. So just like a parent, just like a caregiver, you know, you sort of start to trust some of these companies more than others. And my personal choice, and it doesn't have to be your choice, but my personal choice has been Apple products and there's other technologies that, you know, we come along the way that we sort of rely on because they show time and time again that they can be a leader in their industry. And Mm -hmm. so I got a little incensed when people bitch about certain technologies changing because when you are a parent and you, or even if you're just a, a caregiver or you have someone in your life that you love and you see them struggle and then you see these technologies come, come around that can help your loved one live a, a better life with a higher quality of life you tend to want to get behind that kind of stuff and you tend to want to use it and you tend to want to learn about it and you tend to want to embrace it. So, you know, quit bitching about it. You know, they're, they're doing okay. You know, if you want to challenge it, you want to go out there and you want to go develop a product, be my guest, go out there and make something that's going to make, you know, another sector of of people happy. You know, maybe there's a, maybe there's a heart monitor device that people are relying on that has an audio jack and maybe that's why they're so pissed. And then rightfully so, you know, but there's got to be this movement forward. We can't just constantly stifle. We can't just constantly stay where we are. Where When we know better, we do better. And so we have to move forward with this stuff. We can't just stay where we are. So I'm happy about the developments. I think it's just going to get better with time. And I think eventually people are going to get over it. And when I when I watch this whole like blow up on Twitter and, and online about people complaining about this, that and the other thing. And I just think, you know what, if that's all you have to complain about is that boohoo, you're missing your fucking audio jack, <laughs> then I want to come live with you because I would like you to come and live with me for just a day or Mike or somebody who's got a child who's got special needs and maybe see if you continue to bitch about an audio jack in your life. So just, you know, have priorities, people, okay? Right. Tomorrow isn't promised, and there's, there's if you could take all the energy 
that you expend bitching about this stuff and and put it to something more positive, then please do that. Just that's all right. That's my that's my PSA for the day. Right. <laughs> so well, let's if unless you have something else, I wanted to move on to that Kickstarter thing because that kind of dovetails yeah, into what. I, yeah, I was going to say that does kind of tie in, and uh, yeah, I had something I wanted to kind of throw on there too. You but go yeah, right go ahead. ahead. Well, no, you go ahead, and then I'll I'll follow up with. Uh, okay, so uh, dovetailing into what we're talking about, um, I'm excited about a Kickstarter project, and I don't normally get that excited about. Holy shit. I just looked at the page again. Uh, I don't normally get that excited about Kickstarters. I, I do from time to time, but I don't really, I mean, I don't have a whole lot of money to throw at stuff like this. Um, I'm grateful for the people who do, and I think it's awesome. But this was one of those projects that I just, you know, I saw it and I was like, oh, that would be awesome. And then I couldn't stop thinking about it and I had to back it. So I have backed the Fidget Cube, a vinyl desk toy by Matthew and Mark McLaughlin. McLaughlin, I just butchered that. Anyway, uh, go to Kickstarter. All you, in fact, all you have to do is just Google Fidget Cube. It's two words, Fidget Cube, and you'll find it. This thing is a, I mean, what better way to describe it? It's a little cube that you fidget with. It's got four sides and it's got, well, that's not four sides. It's, it's a cube and it's got on every single surface, there is something that you can fidget with. And they have taken a lot of time and care and effort in designing this thing that has the most, I don't know, um, just the most feedback for people who fidget. And so I backed it for $35. So I'm going to be getting two of these things, one for each of my little boys. Um, my second one, you know, it's hereditary. So there's a chance that he could have it too. This could be useful. Here's why I like it so much. Um, just from looking at it, I mean, I have been, as a mom with a kid who's got ADD, who fidgets a lot, I'm always looking for products. I'm always looking for things that are like stress balls, right? But here's the problem with a stress ball or, or anything like this. Um, kids who have this can be very self-conscious about their condition, and they don't want to exactly call attention to themselves. So if you've got a kid who's got a clicky pen and, you know, you've got kids who have things that are noisy, this, this thing, I think it does make a little bit of noise. I think there's one area that might make some noise, but for the most part, it's quiet. So that's a criteria. When you're looking for a fidget toy, you're looking for something that's quiet, that's not going to draw a lot of attention, something that they can kind of palm and hold in their hands. Um, he does have a stress ball, but... It's a little big and it's a little, you know, bright, colorful, and it it calls attention. So he's embarrassed to use it. So he doesn't always use that. Uh, one of the teachers recommended, uh, and, you know, if this helps you, awesome, uh, take some Velcro strips and, you know, the kind that have the adhesive on the back and stick them under the desk. And when I first told him about that, he's like, oh, that would be awesome. And then he thought about it for a second. He's like... Mom, sometimes kids stick their boogers under there. <laughs> so then he was concerned about, you know, so there's, there's always these like, you know, that's a great idea. But then what about this? There's always like some kind of something that counteracts it. So when I looked at this, I was trying to find all kinds of reasons for not getting it. You know, I started looking for that stuff, like not looking, but like I, I thought, okay, this, you know, well, what about this? Well, what about that? You know, the noise was a little bit of a concern, but for the most part, when they demonstrated it in the video, it's it's fairly quiet. quiet. Um, my biggest thing, because I have OCD, so my biggest thing is germs, the whole germ factor. Uh, I thought I was being really smart. I got him this this Tangle toy that I thought would be really awesome. Again, it did, it failed because uh, it's it's too big, it, you know, 
draws too much attention. It's not noisy, but, you know, it's something that he can't really operate one-handed per se. Uh, it's something, again, the biggest thing about this is going to be losing it. So I'm trying to think of different ways, like maybe a little pouch that I can make or something that'll like clip to his belt loop that he can stick it in. You know, he's going to have to learn some compensation skills, you know, because losing stuff, forgetfulness is, is a big hallmark of ADD also with, with me. Uh, so I'm always looking for strategies to try to not drop my phone in the toilet and try to not lose my phone and that sort of thing. So that's just part and parcel for ownership. Um, that's my probably my biggest thing. But germs, this looks like something that is not going to attract a lot of germs. This other thing that right. I had gotten him, this tangle thing, was for mouthers, for kids who need to have an oral fixation. He, he's a oh. shirt chewer, so he oh. does kind of need a little bit of a chewy stuff. But, um, you know, in school, I mean, my gosh, you just said, I mean, it's so germy. So right. I didn't want something that he was going to be sticking in his mouth, and this isn't that. And I also didn't want something that was going to attract a lot of germs. And again, this does not look like it would attract i mean there's little crevices and stuff but it looks like it's a something that you could no. disinfect very easily so um, it doesn't look like a huge germ magnet have you well, looked at it what do you think yeah i've got it here i was gonna you know kind of give a quick description because they've uh yeah there's different things here so one thing they call the click there's uh three clicker uh clicker buttons and two silence buttons so you can sit there and press them like you would a pen mm -hmm. uh, if that helps then there's the glide button which is kind of like a, a joystick so you can sit there and glide it back and forth uh with your thumb that kind of helps there's a switch so you can just uh, flip it back and forth um, then there's just a, a, a little depressed area there uh, that you can just kind of rub your finger around in it like a, like a worry stone. Mm -hmm. Um, and then on the other side, there are some, uh, uh, gears and a ball. So you can sit there and rotate the gears around, or you can sit there. It looks like a little trackball or something. You can sit there and roll that back and forth if that, you know, does it for you. And then there's the, the spin. There's just a, uh, um, uh, a little turntable in the, face there that just you can sit there with and spin it around with your thumb and so you know it's got uh, whatever you know kind of thing that distracts you and you know while you were talking you said something about uh, ch uh chewing on shirt collars yeah i i remember doing that as a kid and sometimes I, i'm not incessant about it uh maybe i'm i hate to use the word normal but um <laughs> You know, I'll sit there and kind of click the button a little bit, but not like, you know, uh, to click a pen a little bit, but not like, you know, it's excessive. Now, one thing I did do that kind of drives my family up the wall, I haven't done it so much lately, but we'd be sitting there talking, like sitting around the dining room table. And it's, I, I wouldn't be like tapping my foot, but it would be like, uh, I would, uh, you know, tip my uh, foot ahead on on my toes and just kind of move my leg up and down. Mm -hmm. You know, sort of like I was a, a drummer or something like that, or you know, moving my heel up and down basically. And in the old farmhouse with the floor that kind of transmitted, um, you know, sound and vibrations, uh, my brother yelled at me once, "Mike, quit that," <laughs> um, because it was kind of like shaking the table. So I understand these kind of you know repetitive. See I'm a picker, and so my problem is that I'm constantly picking the skin around my. This is gross, but I pick the skin around my thumbs a lot, and so it's it's um, actually this something like this would be sure. good for me because it would save my skin, like it would actually it, improve my health because I'm constantly picking the skin and like biting my nails and stuff like that, and so well, you know this would I, save me from that hopefully. 
I don't bite my nails, but I, I, I do tear them off. Uh, I sit there and pick at them and, you know, take them off. I should probably actually use a fingernail clippers. And sometimes when it goes wrong and it's going down in the skin, mm-hmm. then I have to. So that's my thing. And like I said, the thing I kind of wanted to just throw in there that kind of ties in with this. And uh, I don't think that he sells it, but my, my brother, who's kind of an artist, and he does different things. And he actually has, he's illustrated two books that are on uh, Amazon. Um, uh this guy did poetry. He illustrated the book. But one thing that he did was he also likes to work with wood. And so he would uh, do this stuff that he called worry wood. Which he, he would oh. just take a piece of wood and he would just kind of like, you know, carve it and just kind of let, you know, the, the, the shape would come out of the wood. You just kind of start to work it and see it. But the thing was, it would, uh, he did it so that you sat there and you would just sit there and, and twirl it or finger it or glide your fingers around on it. And the idea was that the oil from your skin would, you know, put a shine to it oh. and deepen the lux, uh, you know, the, the texture and, you know, give it a nice sheen and everything. But that was his idea. And so when you mentioned this, it kind of got me to uh, think about it. Um, yeah, I'd definitely and, like to see that if you have like any kind of links or. Well, uh, I don't like. I don't know that he sells it online. He does a uh, show um, in an art gallery down in Sioux Falls, but I can put uh, the link to his uh, uh, talking about him as an artist and everything. Uh, wood, wood science and abstract art, I think, is a little thing I got here. But I just kind of wanted to throw that out there because it does kind of tie in that you know something along this line that. Um, um, yeah, just some kind of fidget toy, mm-hmm. right? Um, and it just—it's something to keep your mind busy. And I think you know. Again, I think kind of bringing it back to the you know ADD, autism, all this kind of stuff. I do think it is kind of a genetic trait because we're all yeah, everyone in my family has our little you know quirks, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah. so you know that was the thing that he did. That uh, mm-hmm. uh, I just think it's amazing because whenever you go to check this this Kickstarter, so I just wanted to, to say one more thing about it. Um, originally, they asked for $15,000. That was their goal. And they're over $3 million. Million dollars. $3 million. They have 80,057 backers as I'm looking at the page right now. Okay. And they still have 37 days to go. So I have just never seen a Kickstarter get that much traction before and i just think it's it's for a really good cause so i'm really excited about it yeah and so um you know it's one of those things whatever gets a person you know through the through the day or whatever so um you know we all have our our things that we you know have to we learn how to cope with them and so this is just one way to do that and whatever technology or whatever you know kind of uh, invention helps you get through that I, I i think it's incredible and i think that um awareness is is really a good thing for this stuff and i think that we shouldn't be constantly you know casting these people down because i think that i don't know but i mean the people who develop this probably have some kind of form they're probably on some kind of spectrum you know without self-diagnosing right. but there's definitely i mean look at the overwhelming response this is definitely mm-hmm. a need that needs to be fulfilled that there just aren't sure there's tons of products out there that that deal with fidgeting but none none that that hit it so well as this does so i just think it's it's incredible and so if you don't mind i'd like to move on to our picks if we can because my my pick deals with this now i haven't researched this a whole lot but i was talking to one of my my friends one of my mom's friends that has a child with adhd and we were you know chit-chatting about this whole fidget cube thing and 
she said, I was lamenting the fact that, well, you know, what if he loses it? And then I started, it started spawning my mind of thinking of, well, what could I invent that would be, again, just like along the lines of like the Apple thing, what, what kind of accessory would I invent or what kind of accessory would I make? You know, right away I started thinking about like, well, you know, I know how to crochet like little baby hats and stuff. Like maybe I could, I could make like a little pocket, a little pocket or a little pouch. Yeah, pocket. See, pouch, pocket. See, there you go. <laughs> Uh, you know, I can sew. I mean, you know, there's there's things I could do. I could make that would be some kind of way to compensate for him losing it. And then I started thinking, well, you know, they made this really awesome product that I, uh, people absolutely love. But what if the kids had access to a 3D printer where they could design their own fidget toy? I don't want to use, you know, fidget cube, but what if it was a ball? What if it was spherical? What if it was a triangle, you know, a pyramid? What what if it was some other weird shape that they came up with that they would design their own fidget toy? What would it have on it? And I just think it would be an incredible exploration to you know, give kids access to a 3D printer. So my pick is going to be a 3D printer. I think Kevin specified, what was it, between 401 and 550. Yep. And this falls right along in there. It was like right around $500. Uh, so this is called the, where are my notes here? It's called the, it's a 3D printer. It's called the Flash Forge 3D printer. Now I picked it because it fit within the price range. Of course, that was my first criteria that I was looking at. But of course, this is just to get you started, you know, thinking about 3D printing and the kind of applications that you could use 3D printing for. And so I would think it would be really awesome. This could be an amazing, not STEM, but a STEAM project for schools where it involves the artistic side of it, where they could design their very own fidget toy. You know, what kind of features would they want their fidget toy to have? And then to go ahead and design it and then produce it as a prototype in a 3D printer. Now, 3D printers, from what I've seen, you know, it's usually like a hard compound that I guess it's, you know, it's it's a it goes through a chemical reaction where it's then melted and then it, it cures into a hardened state. And so in some instances, you'd want to have some kind of soft, you know, some kind of squishiness to it, some kind of tactile feedback. Um, how would you, this is just another exploration of this, how would you design something in a 3D printer that would, that the product would come out and allow you to insert some kind of squishy component, like something of, are you familiar with Suguru? Oh, yeah. I've so, used the stuff. So. Yeah, I love that stuff. And so that's, you know, a great tactile product wherein that you can sculpt it to whatever shape you want it to be and then let it cure. And in 24 hours, you've got something that's a silicone food safe, you know, so you could chew on it type of a product that, you know, maybe you, I'm just envisioning some kind of 3D prototype that you would design that you would allow these like kind of crevices or holes that you would then slip the Sugru into while it was, you know, while it was still um, malleable and then it would cure into this shape. And then you would end up with this, this fidget toy of your very own creation that would also have like little knobby things on it and, you know, stuff that's got like a kind of a squishy, something that you could even chew if you wanted to. Of course, you know, then there's the whole germ thing, but then it could be washable and, san you know, able to be sanitized. So it just like this whole thing just opens up my brain to all these ideas and all these possibilities. And that's why, you know, going back to the technology of it all, you know, even the Apple event, that's why I, I'm so inspired when I see things that come out where they're, they do, I mean, I'm just going to say it. I really do think Apple has the courage to push that envelope. They have the courage to take things away that are, you know, maybe an unpopular idea and forge ahead and do something. And 
damn it, they do have courage. So, <laughs> you know, give kids and inventors um, a place that they can they can go and make their own ideas and their own inventions that will solve a problem. And the problem is that people need to fidget. And so, you know, what better way than to invent something that fills that need? And, you know, I still back the product, even though I would encourage my, my child to make his own. But this is a good starting point. Just like Apple has their inventions and Apple puts out a, a cell phone and then other people turn around and copy it. I think that the fidget cube is onto something when it comes to that. I think other people are going to want to maybe not so much copy it, but it's going to inspire them to make their own solutions. Okay. Well, and, and my pick, it's, it's hard, it's plastic, and it fits a need that I have crap. Uh, <laughs> and so what I've picked is a, uh, a storage shed. This sounds kind of boring, but um, it does fit a need that I have around here, and I would like to have it. Because we've got our garage crammed full of stuff, and it would be nice to put a nice little shed out back. And this one doesn't look too bad. Um, it's cute. It is. And... Uh, it there's an area that we would like to put it because we are kind of tired of looking at the neighbors when we sit on our patio. So if we put it over there, it would serve two purposes. And then we could put our stuff in there. So maybe we could uh, plant some sunflowers uh, around it. Yeah, I'm moving in. <laughs> uh, sure. Okay. Um, we'll charge you rent. Um, <laughs> there you go. Uh, you have to bring your own space heater. But anyway. Um, I think it would melt that, though. <laughs> probably so. It's resin. <laughs> yeah, it is. And so I'm, you know, resin I know has gotten better. And, you know, part of the problem in South Dakota is uh, cold climates. Um, so I, I'm wondering how well it would hold up if it would, you know, crack or mm -hmm. you know, We have the opposite. Like it just murders yeah. anything plastic. Everything gets very yep. brittle. So I imagine in your climate it's the opposite. It gets cold and brittle and it just well, cracks apart. We it gets very cold here and it also gets very hot because uh, it's gotten up to like a hundred degrees a few times, not as many times as you. But so like I say, got we have expansion issues. Yes, we have you know the extremes. Uh, it can get up uh, to a hundred uh, sometimes, and it can get down below zero. So we have a wide range temperature, a wide range of temperatures. So they have the expansion and contraction, and so. Uh, but you know, it looks like a nice little thing. It's got little uh, uh, barn doors on it that swing open, and so it looks like a nice device. And mm -hmm. um, and I'll put it in the the notes so Kevin can uh, link to it uh, when he gets the the show notes and everything up. But yeah, it's it's not. Uh, it's not necessarily sexy, but it is a nice-looking little thing, and it, it serves a uh, a purpose. It's a place to store all your damn dongles. Yes. Oh, good lord! I need a warehouse for that. But <laughs> my 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 tablets alone would probably fill this thing up. A so, place but, to call home, but this is a place to store your dongles. Yes. And on that note of storing our dongles, I think we'll uh, uh, kind of start wrapping up the episode here. So. Um, uh, Melissa, you want to tell people uh, where they can find you? <laughs> After listening to this, if you still want to listen to me anymore, you can find me over at themacmommy.com. Uh, that's my social grid, the Mac Mommy. So if you just search it, you'll find me. And uh, if you want to find out anything that I do, I can be found on Twitter at DSC Chipman. And I have my about.me page at about.me slash Mike McPeak. That's M-C-P-E-E-K. Um, and for anything else that you want to know about uh, the show or anything, just uh, search for Geeky Show Ever and the, uh, the page will show up. And you can find all sorts of contact information for me or Kevin or uh, Melissa or Elisa on there. So I think you know our information is there if you want to get a hold of us or 
or yeah. want to follow us for any go check out particular and thing. See what concert Elisa's hopping to. Yes. Go wish Kevin well and and send him a get well card on Twitter. Sure, and we may have to have Elisa start posting her concert uh, yeah. venue on there so we can follow her. But um, but you know this that'll kind of r- uh, wrap it up for this show. And um, you know, and I'm you know I, you know Kevin, yeah, I feel better, and you know, and uh, I think you and I have had a fun time talking tonight. So. Absolutely. Sure. But, you know, with that, we'll just kind of, uh, you know, wrap it up and say between now and next week, don't forget to hug a geek. Elisa Pacelli, Suze Gilbert, Vicki Stokes, women, savvy, geeks, three geeky ladies, technology from a female perspective.